Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Angels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're locked in with your host, Brent McGuire. Today's episode is brought to you by the Locked On MLB Podcast. Join Walking Baseball Encyclopedia, Paul Francis Sullivan, otherwise known as Soli, every day on the Locked On MLB podcast for a unique look at the majors, both present and past. Featuring exciting guest interviews, routine check-ins from the Locked On MLB Network's team of local experts, and insightful analysis of the day's biggest stories, the Locked On MLB podcast is the single best source for daily baseball talk so subscribe today wherever you get your podcast from in today's episode we are going to talk about the unfortunate news about mike trout's right calf strain keeping him out for the next six to eight weeks what it means for him what it means for the angels and for the rest of this season and then we're going to try to finish on a positive note we're going to do some more shohei otani banter i had an article at crashing the pearly gates that came out on Tuesday, and I figured it'd be a fun one to talk about in this episode, especially given the fact that Otani homered yet again in an Angels loss uh, on Tuesday. Before we get into the episode, as usual, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can find me at BMAGS94. You can follow the podcast at Locked on Angels. You can find my written work at Crashing the Pearly Gates. And if you've not done so already, make sure to download, subscribe, rate, and review the Locked On Angels podcast, wherever you get your podcast from. So happy Wednesday. Hope you are doing well and coping with the Mike Trout news to the best of your abilities. Uh, It goes without saying that this is a catastrophic blow to an Angels team that really could not afford to lose someone like Mike Trout or potentially uh, in an alternate scenario, uh, Shohei Otani. Uh, It's a big deal. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, we will discuss the Angels' 6-5 to five loss as well, but I figured the Trout injury news would take precedent over anything else that happened in this game because it's a big deal. When we talked on yesterday's episode, I felt like I was fairly pessimistic about how long he could potentially be out for. I was thinking it was he was at least at the bare minimum going to go on the injured list. I was not fully expecting it to be a six to eight week type of thing. Now, granted, we have more information now. Uh, The Angels came out and said that it was a grade two right strain of the calf. It is going to keep them out for six to eight weeks. And that that's a huge deal for the Angels. That is a, that's a ton of games, uh, especially given where they are in the standings right now. They are five games below 500. This is a big deal, and I, it's it's a tough one. It's a really big blow for the Angels. This is going to be basically the longest stretch that Mike Trout has ever been out uh, due to injury. We saw him miss some time in 2017 due to injury after uh, breaking his thumb or fracturing his thumb, spraining his thumb, whatever it was, uh, sliding into second base. Now we're not going to see Trout at least until probably July. And yeah, it just sucks. I mean, you could tell that Mike Trout was really bummed about it. He talked to the media before the game, talked about it being kind of like a freak thing. Like he 
really just felt it pop and it was something that he was not expecting. It wasn't on some crazy play where you were able to see it happen immediately. Like you saw him uh, do something. You're like, yep, that's exactly what he did. And that's exactly when he did it. Trout basically did it when he was running the bases. It popped. He said he was in just, he knew right away it was going to be a problem. And look again, I don't want to sugarcoat this. This really does suck for the angels. I think I referenced in yesterday's episode, a fan graphs article that appeared, I think right before the season from Dan Simborski, a past guest on this podcast. And he found that without Mike Trout, the angels, uh, or Mike Trout's absence, uh, would basically create to a catastrophic loss for the angels. And that's not really a surprise. He's not only the best player in baseball, but for the Angels' specific circumstances, because they rely on him so heavily and because the AL West was a little bit more wide open this year potentially than in years past, uh, Dan's findings found that their playoff odds would drop off in a major way. No player had a bigger impact if he was playing for the team or not playing for the team. So these are things you probably already knew. And look, I mean, it really does. It stinks. It's not a good development for the Angels. I'm not going to say that the season is over. Obviously, a lot of things can change. There's still some talent on this team. But not having Mike Trout, I mean, it's going to be very, very difficult for the Angels to make the playoffs this year. There's no doubt about it. And looking at it from the perspective of Mike Trout, it really is unfortunate that we have seen some more of these injuries. I'm not saying that Mike Trout is injury prone. I'm just saying that as he's gotten older, durability has become, I don't want to say uh, a flaw, but maybe a little bit more imperfect than it used to be. He was a he used to be a good bet to give you 150 games a season. I just referenced the time that he missed in 2017. He also missed some time in 2018. He missed the final three weeks of the 2019 season. Last year was obviously a condensed season. And now we're going to see him miss something around 30 to 40 something games. That's a huge chunk of the season. I mean, there's a good chance that Mike Trout is playing between 100 to 110 games. And it really does stink. I mean, we're talking about a guy that obviously one of the best players to ever do it, but he's also, he's really showed no signs of slowing down. And the fact that he's missed a lot of time due to injury and because of the pandemic season last year. I mean, we're talking about some real production in the middle of Mike Trout's peak. And again, we don't know when or if he's going to fall off, but if it does or when it does, I mean, it's going to stink that we're going to have to look back and say, well, he missed some time in the 2017 season, 2018, 2019, the pandemic season in 2020. And now this year, I mean, it really just does. It stinks from Trout's perspective. And again, for the Angels, I mean, not having your best player out there, it's going to be, it's a big blow for the team. And from another perspective, I think for the league, it kind of sucks. I mean, you're talking about your absolute best player, one of your most uh, marketable players, one of your superstars. So not having him out there, it stinks. And unfortunately, it's kind of a recurring theme this year. This is something I think I talked a little bit about coming into the season more so for pitchers, but we are seeing a lot more injuries. I do not have any numbers in front of me, but it's been very clear that injuries 
are playing a major role this year, uh, especially coming off of the season last year that was shortened. You tried to ramp things back up. So, look, it's there's not really an easy way to talk about this or to move forward. The Angels not having Mike Trout is a big deal. I said it on yesterday's podcast. The Angels are not a very good team with Mike Trout right now. They are certainly not a very good team without him. And for the Angels to somehow make it back to the playoffs this year, they're going to have to at least play some 500 baseball until Mike Trout comes back, or we're looking at another long season for the Angels. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to briefly go over the Angels' loss on Tuesday, and then we're going to talk about Shohei Watani and the article that I wrote about him at Crashing the Pearly Gates. I figured it'd be a fun one to talk about to try to end this episode with some sort of optimism. But first, let me tell you about Wealthfront. Investing can be complicated. Whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront makes it easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. Wealthfront is trusted with over 20 billion dollars of assets and you can get your first five thousand dollars managed for free by going to wealthfront.com slash locked on mlb again that's wealthfront.com slash locked on mlb to sign up and get started today built bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market right now built bar has nine delicious flavors and the occasional limited time flavor They've got some flavors such as cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, and salted caramel. These bars are delicious, and perhaps most importantly, Built Bars are healthy. They're great for the health-conscious guy or gal, and most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, and they are low in sugar and net carbs. So make sure to go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Again, that's promo code locked on 15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. So let's get back into this discussion. Before we specifically talk about Shohei Otani, we do need to talk about the Angels game on Tuesday. It feels like there's so much else happening beyond the game itself right now that uh, we're not going to spend too much time talking about the Angels game. But they did lose. They lost 6-5. to five. I've got to say, it was quite the comeback from the team. I mean, given the circumstances of the day to allow five runs in the first inning to go down 5 to nothing, to come all the way back and tie it up and make a game out of it was pretty impressive. Yeah, it definitely stunk to see them give away the lead immediately in the eighth inning. But I've got to say, it was a pretty good comeback for the team despite how the game started. I mean, that first inning... It, it did them in. I mean, that was an awful first inning all the way around. Andrew Heaney looked bad. The defense looked bad. There was a basically a double error from Phil Gosselin. One was just a, it was a physical error. He made an error in a ball. That's going to happen. But the runner on second base decided to try to steal or to try to go home as well. Phil Gosselin was kind of lackadaisical. Uh, getting the ball back in. So two runs scored on the play instead of one, potentially zero runs on the play. And yeah, I mean, it was a bad first inning. Andrew Heaney did not look good in this start. Uh, His results uh, have been mixed this year. And 
Unfortunately, that's something that we've kind of become accustomed to with Andrew Heaney. He's got the ability to look absolutely incredible for starts. There are starts where he's getting you double-digit strikeouts, generating swings and misses, basically every other pitch it feels like. And then you're going to have this kind of outing. And you look at the numbers as a whole. He's got a 5.31 ERA. Yes, the underlying numbers do look a lot better. Uh, but that is something we've always kind of talked about with Haney. So, yeah, not a great start for him, especially considering how many games the Angels have to play this week with the double header. It, it makes for a difficult week for the pitching. But I, I must say, I mean, yes, the bullpen did give up. Uh, the lead late in the game, and Alex Claudio uh, allowed a home run to Josh Naylor. But they did a pretty decent job in this game. They went six innings, one run. Uh, Jaime Barrio did a very good job of kind of bridging that gap to the late innings. Four innings, one hit, one walk, no runs, and one strikeout. So very, very good performance from him. And from the offense, the offense had a pretty nice game. Shohei Otani homered again. We'll talk about him. A little bit more here in a little bit, but had another first inning home run. We saw Justin Upton hit a three-run homer the opposite way. Jose Iglesias, a game-tying home run in the seventh inning. The Angels scored all five of their runs via home runs and had a pretty good game all the way around, but was not enough to get the Angels a win. So that snapped their nice little two-game winning streak that they had. But ultimately, the Angels uh, were not able to win this game. They will be uh, trying to win this series tonight at Angel Stadium with Shohei Otani on the mound. And that feels like a good segue to this little segment. So like I said, I had an article come out at Crashing the Pearly Gates. And like I said before, the Mike Trout news stinks. I'm trying to bring some optimism to the end of this podcast. So we're going to kind of go over this article. But there is a slight update to this because... Otani did hit another home run on Tuesday night. That did change the numbers a little bit in a positive way. And that home run was crazy. It was not quite the same as his home run on Monday night in terms of hitting a pitch that was way out of the zone for a home run. But hitting a fastball 440 feet out to dead center field, 112 miles per hour off the bat, the the bat flip, the stare, the walk down to first baseman, everything about it was awesome, especially considering the Angels had just allowed five runs in that first inning, the Mike Trout news, all of that stuff. You got a quick reminder of even with everything appearing to be as bad as it is right now for the Angels, you still have Shohei Otani to watch on a day-to-day basis. And we're going to get to see him back on the mound tonight. And the last time we saw him on the mound, undoubtedly had his best start since 2018. One of his best starts of his career. Seven innings, one run, 10 strikeouts, one walk. I mean, it was a masterpiece for Shohei Otani. And we're going to get to see him back on the mound tonight at 5.07 p.m. Pacific time. And it has been so much fun to watch this guy. Again, this podcast has been so heavily focused on Otani basically since the start of spring training when it was very obvious that something was a little different about him this year. And with the Mike Trout injury news, we're probably going to keep talking about him more because he is going to be the focal point for the Angels. 
So, like I said, I had an article come out at Crashing the Pearly Gates. I had a lot of fun writing this one just because, again, I think something I've talked about a lot is trying to not normalize what Otani is doing. And I don't think people are. I want to be clear about that. But the more and more he does this, it might feel like, oh, this is just Shohei Otani doing what he does. I mean, everything about him has been so unique. So I'm going to kind of just pull some different segments from this article to bring into this conversation. I mean, at this point, I feel like I'm kind of running out of different ways to describe Otani's brilliance. He's been so much fun to watch. And I I don't think it's a hot take to say he's the most talked about player of the season. I mean, you go to Baseball Savant, you go to Fangraphs, he's the top searched player in both of those search engines. We have seen former MLB star CeCe Sabathia say that he is the best or the most talented player to ever play baseball. We have seen J.J. Watt talk about the fact that Otani maybe isn't being talked about enough. We've seen Kevin Durant talk about how freakish Otani is. I mean, we're seeing Otani, his greatness isn't just permeating like the baseball world, it's permeating the entire sports world. Everybody is recognizing what he's doing. And it has been just an absolute joy to watch it for the first month and a half of this season. So I broke this article up into three different parts, really wanted to focus in on some of his best elements. And the first one is the obvious one. Otani is probably the best slugger in baseball this year. That Again, that's not a hot take. That's kind of backed up by the numbers. He hit his MLB leading 14th home run on Tuesday night. He is barreling baseballs at a near 14% clip. That's essentially uh, barreling a baseball is the ideal combination of exit velocity and launch angle. There are 14 players who have hit double-digit home runs. Otani's average home run distance is roughly around 415, 420. The only two players with uh, longer or farther average home run distances are Ronald Acuna Jr. and Rafael Devers. And I mean, if you go look at his home run chart, you can kind of see that every single home run outside of his insane one at Fenway Park where he went opposite field over the Green Monster, every other home run has just been absolutely crushed. And I think what's been most amazing for me has been his ability to really hit any pitch in any zone and not just make contact with it, but do damage with it. So if you look at, again, these numbers are going into uh, Tuesday's game when the article came out. Otani is slugging 703 against fastballs, 580 against breaking balls, and 429 against off-speed pitches. I mean, every single pitch he is doing well with, but it's not just those specific pitches. It's also about where he's hitting them in the zone. And I don't have these numbers written down. This was a chart that I had in here. But you can see from the chart that he is doing extremely well against very high pitches, pitches on the outer half, in the middle, and even low and away. The only real weak spots are maybe the up and in fastball, maybe breaking balls in the inner half, and then some breaking balls or off-speed pitches uh, way low and away. But I mean, everything else, Otani is doing extremely well against. And I think maybe the most encouraging thing about all of this is 
we've seen Otani start to handle that soft stuff away by just taking it the other way. We saw the home run at Fenway Park. He had a single on a pitch that was a changeup that was low and away out of the zone. Uh, we saw that on Tuesday night. So we're seeing a guy that's really just doing an incredible job of hitting any kind of pitch in any kind of zone. And the last little point about Otani as a hitter has, it's his ability to do it against really good pitching too. I mean, you look at the guys that he's homered against this year, Tyler Glass now, Liam Hendricks, Dylan Seas, Matt Barnes, uh, Danny Duffy. Those guys could all be all-stars this year. And not, now you can add Zach Plesak to the list. It's really impressive and just kind of speaks to Otani, uh, his freakish ability as a hitter to really just do damage against any pitch, against uh, any pitcher, any zone. It has been really remarkable. The other crazy thing about Otani is the same guy that is the game's best slugger this year might also be the most difficult pitcher to hit against. And it's really a remarkable thing to think about. And it's almost impossible to believe, but I think there is a pretty good argument for it. Uh, Otani's 126 batting average against is the lowest in the majors among pitchers with at least 100 plate appearances against. On that same list, only Corbin Burns, Jacob deGrom, Shane Bieber, and Freddie Peralta have a higher whiff percentage than Shohei Otani. Whiff percentage is the total amount of swings and misses per swings taken, and he is at 37.7%. Again, that's an elite figure. His 495 OPS against is the ninth lowest on that same list. And if you combine all of these elements, he's just one of nine pitchers with a 30 plus percent whiff rate, a batting average against below 200 and an OPS below 500. And he's also boasting a top 20 ERA at 2.10 among those same pitchers. It is really just remarkable. And what's been cool has been his ability not just to miss bats, but it's also the ability to miss barrels. So like in other words, hitters can't really make contact with Otani. And when they do, they can't really do anything with it. And now, yes, you can look at the walk rate. That is definitely a problem. 18.2%. That is the second worst mark among those same qualified starting pitchers. But even with those walks, he's been a nightmare for hitters. I mean, even with the walks, it has been an incredible performance for him on the mound. And as he gets more reps, I think that command is going to improve just like we saw in his last outing. And what's making all of these pitches work is, I mean, the, the stats work is the pitches. I mean, he's got one of the hardest fastballs in baseball. The fastball velocity is 10th best among starting pitchers with at least 25 innings. He's increased the spin rate on it which helps him get more whiffs. The split finger fastball might be the best pitch in baseball. If you look at starting pitchers, Otani's splitter has the second best whiff rate among uh, all starters in the majors this year. Hitters have one hit against it. It was a 28.4 mile per hour single. His slider has the most sweep or horizontal movement of any slider in baseball. Hitters are swinging and missing on 50% of the swings. And... Just for good measure, he's thrown 22 curveballs. Nine of them have resulted in called strikes or whiffs. And he's even got a new cutter that he's starting to show a little bit. And the stuff has taken 
a pretty clear step forward. I'm really excited to see what he can do tonight against a Cleveland lineup, and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And you you could almost stop it right there, and you would still be blown away. But just for good measure, Otani can also run with the best of basically anybody in baseball. His 29 feet per second sprint speed has him in the 95th percentile. He's got the third best average home to first time at 4.07 seconds. He has stolen six bases this year, some a number that's only bested by 16 other players. And you look at the guys that can run like Otani does and hit baseballs the way he does, there are only a select few guys. You're talking about Mike Trout, Ronald Acuna Jr., Byron Buxton, and Otani and Acuna Jr., those are the only two guys that have barrel rates and sprint speeds in the 95th percentile. And I think what's been really crazy about the speed is he's done this despite the fact that he hasn't had that many opportunities. Yes, he's leading the league in home runs, but his on-base percentage is a little bit lower, which means he has fewer chances to actually get on base and run. So if you look at the total amount uh, of times he's been on base, it's around 40 on non-home runs and triples, meaning the times he's on first or second base. He's had eight stolen base attempts, and he's been successful in six of them. It is really insane that not only does he have the speed, but he's been really putting it to good use. So this is kind of how I finished off the, the article, just kind of bringing all of these different elements together. I really have kind of talked about Otani being almost like a unicorn. I mean, he's like this mythical creature that you really, it's you can't find this type of talent in sports. And it's not just that you can't find him. There's basically never been anybody like this before. There's a reason why Otani is constantly in the same discussion as a guy like Babe Ruth, this mythical figure who is one of the most recognizable athletes in American sports history. He's excelling with this two-way thing potentially a three-way thing if we're talking about the speed, in a way that we've really never seen before. I mean, he is doing this undoubtedly against higher level levels of competition uh, and adding in the speed element to really just make him this complete outlier. So like whatever you want to call Otani, uh, the point really remains the same. He is an absolute freak out there. He is an incredible talent and He's doing all this at the absolute highest level. So look, I understand the Mike Trout news can be a real bummer, but the fact that they can immediately call Shohei Otani their best player now, is it's really insane to think that this guy is playing in an Angels uniform. So we're going to take one final break before we get out of here. But first, let me tell you about Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all of the action at Bet Online. So make sure to head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today at betonline.ag and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code locked on. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. So there was a lot we talked about in this episode. The Mike Trout news is very obviously dominating where the Angels are at as a team right now. Without him, the Angels are almost certainly not a playoff team. They're already five games under 500 with Mike Trout playing for a majority of those games, not having him. 
is a big deal for the Angels. Now, do I think this is a bad or an awful baseball team? Not necessarily, but not having Trout makes them a rather non-competitive team. I, I really do truly hope that I'm wrong, but based on what we've seen so far this year with Mike Trout in the lineup, I mean, there are so many question marks around this team, and that was with the best player in baseball in your lineup to not have him is a big deal. And I understand the cynicism. It is really rough to be an Angels fan sometimes. Trust me, I know very well about what it's like to be a fan of this organization. Uh, I am taking comfort in the fact that Shohei Otani is playing for this team. That is one reason to tune in for all of the rest of the games uh, for the next couple months and for the rest of the season. So even when things are looking pretty bleak like they might be right now, You've got a guy like Shohei Otani who is just doing things that have never done, never been done before, like we just talked about. And beyond him, Jared Walsh has been an insane success story. Anthony Rendon, one of the best uh, position players in the entire sport. So there are some stories with this team, but I do understand the frustration about everything going on right now. But I believe that's it for today's episode. So. Make sure to check out Shohei Otani's start tonight. I'm sure that if you're listening to this or watching this, that you are going to do that. So again, just a reminder that this game is at 5.07 p.m., not the normal 6.38 start. But that's going to do it for today's episode. As always, thank you for joining. Stay safe out there. And we will talk some Angels baseball on Thursday.